Hey everyone, just wanted to give you a heads up that the audio is slightly funny just on my voice uh, for this episode. I realized it after the fact, unfortunately, that I had a little reverb on mine, so I'm going to kind of sound like I'm, you know, on a stage somewhere interviewing Pastor Todd live, but his voice sounds great. It's totally normal, good to go. So just wanted to give you a heads up about that. Thanks for your patience. Hope you enjoy the episode though. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with... Pastor Todd. We're so glad that you're here joining us today, and uh, we're excited to record. Uh, We didn't do the last couple weeks, so Pastor Todd, uh, I've been enjoying your summer so far. Yeah, actually, well, the first thing is, this has been like a crazy summer where I feel like it's either been like close to 100 degrees or it's been downpouring yes yeah so uh i think this week is all about the rain (laughs) yeah and but but it's cooling off this week it's supposedly so i'm i'm okay with that uh what's funny is the beginning of summer how excited i was to be out there mowing my own lawn like i'm a homeowner i'm mowing my lawn this is manly or whatever that but now that it's getting later in the summer and it's hot and it's rainy, I'm like, you know what? This isn't so exciting <laughs> anymore, <laughs> you know? So a couple uh, teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Work. And actually, Daniel's, Daniel's been helping me. Uh, so, he, yeah, he's been helping me do it. He does the front and I'll do the back. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a nice summer. Um, and uh, it's only a couple more weeks until it's over. Yeah, yeah. I... Uh, I am, well, it's okay. It's because we're locals. That's what I, now that I live in Monmouth County, it's like I'm local. So it doesn't end when the school year starts. Right. And it just means it's a little bit cooler. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like the fall. I like the fall and spring are my two favorite seasons. Oh, I think you've said that before. Because spring, I would say, I like all the, se- I like them all. But like, what's the appeal of spring? That's what I. Well, I think it's starting to get, it's starting to get warm. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, but it's not blazing hot. Yeah, and I okay. think that's the thing that I like about it. Like, you can be outside, not need have to have the heavy jacket, um, and there's a lot more sunshine than what's been for the winter. But, yeah. but it's not blazing hot like summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had uh, pliables for lunch today, and uh, I uh, texted my sister. I think I've had pliables or fruitables um, every single week this summer <laughs> so like the very first time i had pliables like a few years back i was just kind of like this is so girly and not feeling at all like <laughs> i got an empanada when i was done i'm like this is not enough <laughs> but now i'm just like i love it now like, uh, is there one in how or that's the mall you there's went to? the pliables one in the mall which i was there because i did the we had a problem with the mouse the for mouse. the computer next right. door so i brought it to the apple store but then there's the fruitable in howell on nine by that white castle Oh, there okay. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I noticed, um, I think the the base and pliables is better. Uh, the acai the or whatever acai the frozen yeah, part is. I think it's a little better at pliables, but they put less of it at fruitable. And fruitable also does um, like peanut butter with theirs, which honestly is like really good with it. So I think they're both good. So I've been enjoying that, and of course, uh, you know, both of Rebecca's brothers got married. She's like, "How long can you use that for talking point?" I'm like, "It's what happened." So that's, <laughs> that was that has been the summer. So they all right. came over on Saturday, all her siblings, and it was kind of like, "Yeah, like guys are married now, like the spouses, everyone's here." So 
you know, it's been good. It's been a good summer and yeah, enjoying the beach and all that. So let's talk about the Sunday sermon a little bit. And if you're listening, we're glad that you're, you've joined us today. Last time we recorded, we talked about the emotion series we were doing. So now for the month of August, Pastor Jeff's back and he's been sharing from his own personal summer reflections just while he was away in July, you know, what he was reading in scripture and uh, what he felt God was speaking to him or restoring to him, which, so that's been really cool to kind of have that window, um, you know, into his devotional life and what God's been speaking to him. So we figured we'd talk more just about this past Sunday, the most, um, where he talked about, you know, presence driven, that's the title of the sermon, and reading that famous passage in scripture in Psalm 139 about, you know, where can I go, wherever I go to hide, the Lord is there. That is one of my favorite Psalms. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because like, if you're feeling down, it's encouraging. If you're feeling good, it's encouraging. (laughs) It's like, you know, the idea of like, yeah, God sees me. He's always with me. But also when you're feeling down you feel like, uh, you know, I'm having a hard week. Oh, well God sees you and he's with you. Yeah. Hey, I did really well this week. Yeah. That's because God's with you and he saw you and he's celebrating that. So, you know, if I stand up, sit down, you know, wings of the dawn and all that stuff it's just i find it very encouraging to know that like we hold even though we're people and our value strictly comes from god there's this idea of because god created us we do have some value to him enough that he knows the ins and outs of our lives at all moments you know yeah so yeah it's it is it's comforting and that's how i felt and even um in light of uh, our conversation before we hit record here, we were having a depressing conversation about <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But like, you know, I think, uh, you know, just with what's going on in the world and COVID and, and just everything, like a psalm like this really is comforting. Yeah. I think that is yeah. what's comforting about God's presence being everywhere. Yeah, and um, I, I think that's... Like with having been so isolated from people and just feeling like you're stuck in your house or whatever. And I know it led up for the summer, and but now we're facing the idea of it could be tightening down a little bit more again, you know, going back into the school year. The fact is God's omnipresence means we are never really truly alone, yeah. you know. And that's yeah. uh, that is hard to wrap your brain around. Whenever we talk about that in kids' church, or in uh, in the preteen group, one of the things that, you know, I talk about it exciting, you know, God sees us, he knows everything about us, you know, no matter what we're doing, one kid always picks up on it. You know, it's a different kid depending on what year it is, but there's always at least one kid who picks up, does that mean God sees us when we're in the bathroom? <laughs> 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 or 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 when we're in the shower or whatever that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's so while it's comforting to us little kids are thinking i don't want them watching me go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean it's just funny because it's like every time we talk about you know god being everywhere seeing us that's yeah. like there's always one kid who that's his first thought is yeah, is you yeah. know about that so uh, it's it's okay. I tell him it's okay. God doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. No, right. He did, he made you. Yeah, it's fine. No, that's like well, it's a podcast. So I feel like oh, I'll share this. Sometimes I think of that, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe when we'll get to heaven, there's gonna be like, just like a slideshow of like the different faces or something that like over the years like lol i'm like, so glad nobody saw that i was alone in the bathroom like god's up there like yeah but maybe i did like, i don't know 
Oh, but maybe yeah. he's nice. Maybe he pixelates it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, so actually, and, and that's actually what he talked about, too, uh, was that, you know, God's presence, uh, his omnipresence, his, the fact that he's everywhere, that can bring comfort, but it also can bring conviction. And he kind of said that joke, like, oh, like, you know, does God have night vision? You know, like, yeah. And sometimes we feel that way. Uh, it's in the dark. We're alone. Nobody sees our sin. And uh, right, isn't that like the? I feel like the Bible uses that language a lot about what's in the darkness will be laid bare and yeah. things like that to speak. Because yeah. that's how. That's when I think we feel more tempted and more empowered to do mm-hmm. to commit sin. Yeah, is because we're in the darkness, aka we're alone. Right. There's a secretive aspect to it that. I don't know if the right word is emboldens us, but maybe it is like when we feel like nobody else knows, you know, sometimes we feel encouraged to do whatever because, well, what does it matter? No one's going to know, you know? And and I I think the thing about that is it's not because God's watching us because he's trying to catch us doing the wrong thing. And I think he referred to that at some point in one of his sermons recently about, you know, God's not looking to just be the angry guy getting into trouble. It's the idea of, of like, um, like God loves us so much that He knows what we're doing, and in those moments where we think like I can hide this from Him, is it is it hurtful to Him that we're sinning, or is it hurtful to Him that we think? Like he doesn't know us that well. I mean, not not saying that the sin isn't hurt, but but I think it's the extra aspect of like uh, of just thinking like I can pull one over on God's eyes, maybe. You know what I mean? That he. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's something I want to add and see what you think of this too. Like, because I sometimes struggle. Like I think like I know enough, or like I've matured enough to to say, okay, I know this isn't true, but I sometimes struggle to think that God is waiting for me to mess up, you know? And I think maybe that's if you've grown up in church. I'm starting to wonder. I think there are these unique challenges that you have in church. They're not worse challenges. I didn't say that at all. I'm just it's saying different. there's some different challenges you have when you grow up in a, in a Christian setting. And uh, I think that's why, like, deconstruction conversations have been such a thing because it's like there's a unique set of challenges that you grow up with. And so one of those being that you can view God that way. And, and even if you didn't grow up in church, you can think that. And and honestly, even as parents, when you're trying to get your kids to make right choices, when you're not around, sometimes you do use the aspect of like, remember, God sees everything you do. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, right. it, it's, I mean, we're not trying to be manipulative, but it does paint God as, you know, you better do what's right because God sees you and he'll zap you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's things like that, you know? So, uh, oh, yeah. Unique challenges. Unique challenges. So sometimes I feel that way. Um, That God's upset with us all the time. Wait. Oh, now I lost it. What was I going to say? Yeah, he's upset, but I know that's not true. Um, Oh, oh, yeah. But I think sometimes we're like, okay, but okay, so God does. He knows when you sin, though. I wanted to see what you think of this because I feel like it's, yeah, it's, it's not always, it's not just that it's like, oh, it's sinning against God and it's wrong. And guess what? He knows because if, if you were being, like, skeptical, you almost feel like it's petty. It's like, so God, wow, he seriously, he cares that much. But I think I would flip it and say, like, well, no, I think 
it's because he cares so much about us so that like when we do when we sin when we give in to sin when we do those things in the secret place or something it's like I think we, we think we're getting away with it and it doesn't affect anyone, but I think God is completely aware of how much it affects us. Yeah. And so when we're like, oh, God knows, you know, he knows. You're never alone. He, he knows the sin you commit and stuff. It's not, again, it's not because he's trying to zap you. I'm trying to flip that understanding and say, he actually knows the damage that this can do to you. Right. And God cares. And so there's conviction, yes, like, hey, get it together. This is wrong. You have to improve. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to help you walk in holiness. All those things. But, I don't know, I guess I was thinking, like, maybe that would help if you kind of feel like God's this bad guy waiting to wave his finger at you. It's like, no, he, yeah, sin is against God, and so if I have a relationship with God, I don't want to sin against him. But that's part of the, if that helps that convicting presence feel more comforting, or there's a relationship going on that God is saying, this isn't right for you, this isn't healthy for you. And that's why he cares. Yeah. In fact, um, I've thought at times about like, I understand God's holy. And and so he is the mark of righteousness, you know, of what's right. But I also think sometimes why th- sin is sin is because God knows it's destructive to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. That idea that he knows, listen, if you pursue this thing, even though it may feel good, even though it may maybe even temporarily be fulfilling, in the long run, I know this is destructive. Mm-hmm. And and so that is why I'm calling it sin and saying you got to stay away from this stuff. Um, so I think it's a, like I've had this thoughts too along the same lines that it's not always about God wanting to keep us from stuff as in well, here's just a good thing that I just don't want you to have. Yeah. But it's the idea of, well, God understands how that stuff affects us more than we understand ourselves because he, along with being ob- omnipotent, uh, I'm sorry, omnipresent, he's omniscient, yeah. meaning he knows our hearts and he knows how those things change our hearts. Yeah. You know, and so his concern for us he like his watching over us is also about watching out for what's good for us yeah. is what I'm trying to trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Uh I want to ask you this too, you know, um you know, Pastor Jeff in the beginning talked about the qualities of God like you just brought up, omniscience that he's all knowing, omnipotence that he's all powerful, and omnipresence he's all places is everywhere. So one, I just want to clarify, like you just said, that, you know, God is the mark of righteousness, like you said. This is part of the definition of God, because I, I had a conversation with somebody, and they were like, well, what if, like, there was somebody, like, you know, who made God? I'm like, okay, so by definition of what God has to be, that's what we mean when we say the word God. Like, if you want to get, like, philosophical or, like, theological, mm-hmm. he's not just, like, another being, simply. Um, he, he's beyond that. So, like, if if he isn't these qualities, he's not God. And, and you right. can kind of unpack that further. But, um, you know, Pastor Jeff had said, you know, sometimes we feel like, you know, we ask that question, where is God? Oh, I know God's everywhere. But, like, you still feel inside, where is God? And so he said, I think a lot of times we have the hardest time with this one. But I wanted to just ask, like, do you feel like that's true? Or do we, like, 
at other times struggle with other things like that or, or no maybe he's right like okay god is all knowing like oh yeah sure i know that but do we really think that or like maybe do that he's all powerful we, we know god is everywhere we know that he knows everything but we really kind of struggle to believe that he's all powerful because we don't come to him with that kind of authority or approach him like he has that right. kind of authority or something so i would just kind of throwing it out there yeah in his comments, and you have it here in your notes too, like he said, there's nothing to compare it to. And I think that's why he was talking about it. it's one of the hardest ones for, the rap, for yeah. us to wrap our brains around. I I don't have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea of him being everywhere at once. Um, because I feel like, I mean, God isn't made out of flesh and bone like we are. Yeah. Although and we kind of picture him like that sometimes in our head, but but God is made out of God stuff. So he's like on a completely different level. He's not made out of meat like we are. So I don't have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. I think what I have a hard time with this one is having that in the forefront of my thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, I know God's omnipresent, but I really, besides, unless we're having a theological discussion, I'm not sure that that always comes into my thoughts and how I think about God. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I know it. But but I just not sure it really all the time, and it does it definitely does color. But I'm just not sure if it's a major thing that colors my thoughts about God from moment to moment. Yeah, as I'm thinking about God. Which you even um, bringing that up actually brings up a question I did have. I wanted to write. Um, I wanted to ask, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast in the past, but. I don't remember what our answers were. So, <laughs> okay. uh, we're talking about this. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So then what do we mean? Like then when we say like, oh, I can feel his presence or his presence is here or God remind give us your presence or, or whatever. You know, when we talk that way in church and I think we would say like, wow, you know, God, I, God's presence was really at that service. How would you describe that or distinguish that or like I didn't have an answer but I, I just thought to myself like well God's everywhere isn't he so I do struggle with this one because I understand what people mean when they say they feel like really felt God's presence and there's there's times where maybe he like I think about in the Old Testament when they dedicated the temple God's presence was had always been there but the day they dedicated it his presence was there in a different way where like they couldn't even see because of the fog of his presence was so strong um but then sometimes i think when we say i could really feel god's presence it's well god was moving in my heart or i was really excited by church today you know and i struggle because sometimes like people are like oh i really felt god's presence and i'm like I'm not sure I did. So did I miss something or is it, was this like an emotion and an an emotional response isn't bad to God, you know, but, but sometimes I think because I'm so, I, I so don't want it to just be emotional that sometimes I'm like, well, was that emotional? Was that was when you say that was God's present? Was it just, you were just feeling something? Was it like, I I feel like this is a hard question to be, objective about yeah because there's an aspect of it that sometimes we do feel excited and we notice god's presence more but does that mean god was there more 
Well, I don't know. Just from what you're talking now, because yet I didn't have an answer to this, but now from everything you're saying, maybe it's kind of like you said, like God moving or working. So like, yeah, God's presence is everywhere. Um, but man, I really could sense God working. Whether that yeah. means it, I, I felt him working in my heart, or just my Personally. excitement in the moment of what he was doing. But even in a service, you know, somebody has a message or something. You see mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit yeah. move in, in these gifts. You say, we would probably typically say, wow, God's presence was really there. But what yeah. we could, what we mean by that then is that God really did something in the service. God moved. His presence is there every service. Technically, he's, he's everywhere. But, uh, wow, God really worked that, right. in that service. And, you know? and... Like, I'm not discrediting it because there was the aspect, like, again, if I go back to that temple and the dedication, like, his presence was there in a very different way yeah. that day. That was undeniably palpable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so I, I don't think it's wrong to say, oh, I felt really God's presence, and it's not just emotion. Um, maybe, it, maybe like, uh, instead of saying God's presence was really here today, maybe it's like God really manifested himself more today i i don't know what the right terminology is to use yeah but i do struggle with it because it's not that i struggle with the idea of god moving it's just because of the fact that i know that sometimes people are can be emotional and be really like if you play the right song can really be into it and feel like god was really here and not i don't want to get my emotions carried away and it not be really god so that's yeah. why sometimes when people talk about feeling God, I'm like, okay, but did we feel God? Did we not? Was it just because we liked that song? Was it not? You know, like, and then maybe it's overthinking it too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm an overthinker. So, like, sometimes in in those with, when it comes to this stuff. So, and if you're listening, you may be the same way that right. You can overanalyze, and you're like, well, am I just is uh, is, uh, is I'm emotional because of what I went through this week, and is it really God? And it's like, yo, just you know, take a step like relax back. and a yeah, bit, yeah. That's and I that's what I've said sometimes from the stage too, um, but just in general, I try to like try to, the step back being, you know, what's so great about the Christian faith is we can know that it's true. We have evidence these different things. We can we can know you know Jesus. It's historically based. All this stuff. You know what else is great about Christianity? We can experience God. And I try to, like, view it that way of, like, many people may come to God because they simply experience God. Or, or they experience God. They don't, the evidence didn't even matter. They experience God. But what's great is that there's both of the elements. And so if you find yourself overanalyzing, freaking out, it's like, that's what I'm saying that helps me. I go, let me take a step back. You know what's great about Christianity? We can experience God, and we can know God. We can know it's real. We can know it's true. We can know Jesus. He rose from the dead. That helps me because I love apologetics and all that stuff. But then it helps me in those moments of overanalyzing. I think this is fake. Am I, am I coming up with this? Hold on. It's so great that God can move in our church. God can move in my life. You know? And I would also like to throw out there, too, in talking about the idea of you know feeling like God's presence more like... If you're a person who is not a feely person um, and other people are talking about feeling God's presence and you're thinking, well, what was wrong with me? I didn't feel it. Like, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sometimes yeah. sometimes we may be like, oh, well, if you didn't feel it and you didn't feel what I felt, then you must have missed it spiritually or whatever. But I don't think that's true at all because I think God deals with each of us individually 
is who we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think we talked about this one time about like shouting and yelling in service. Yes, you know what I mean? Did, yeah. Some yeah. people are moved by that and other people, they feel uncomfortable with that. And, and it's just woven into the nature of who they are because they're quieter people and other people are more boisterous people. Um, just because you don't, I won't be careful how to say this. Just because you don't experience God the same way doesn't necessarily mean that your experiences of God were invalid. With yes. one thing I want to add on there, as long as what you're experiencing, God lines up with Scripture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, uh, you know, faith isn't about how we feel. And I guess that's why I, I like to characterize what I just said earlier the way I do, too. It's like, oh, you know what's great is we can experience God. Because it's not like, oh, you didn't feel God. Oh, man, unfortunately, you must not have faith or you must not be close to God. Or you missed it or there's some secret sin in your life. Or yes, yeah. And it's like, no, no. Uh, faith is about trust. I mm-hmm. trust that Jesus was risen from the dead. I believe in God and I follow him with my life. That's what being a Christian is. So if I find myself um, experiencing God and feeling God's presence, whoa, that's amazing because the Bible makes that very mm-hmm. clear. Like that, that's what God yeah. wants to do. That's great. But if you find yourself, man, I, I, that doesn't usually happen to me. Like, well, okay, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you have faith. Again, it's faith. Faith is despite feelings. That's yeah. kind of the idea of it, I think. Yeah, and, and I think when you look throughout church history, <clears throat> you've had some people who are founding fathers of, of, of the church in different areas. Some of them were feelers. Some of them were thinkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? But God used both, and both had, you know, incredible ministries. Like, I'm thinking of, Oh, well, I can't think of his name now. Edward, Edward. <laughs> oh, somebody Edwards. Uh, you know what I want to say? Jonathan Edwards, who <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. who preached. <laughs> yes, Jonathan. And, I mean, literally, he read his sermon from the page. They, I guess he was not by any means a charismatic preacher. Right. And yet people responded because he was well thought out and planned, you yeah. know, to convey God's word. And then you have other people who, and I think Peter is one of them, when we read Peter the Disciple, who was a feeler, which is why I think he was so impulsive at times. Yes. Because he felt and he responded, and God used him. You know, but but Paul was much more of an intellectual. Yes. And God used him to start churches all over the place. Yeah. So God uses feelers, he uses intellectuals, he uses thinkers, and everything in between because God does what he wants to do and he uses each one of us uniquely as he created us. I want to ask, could you, could you be more than one? Could you overlap? Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. 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 I think some people, I and, and maybe about certain topics you think more and other topics you feel more. Sometimes, sometimes you feel more and then later you think about it more, (laughs) you know? So yeah, I don't think there's like, I know, I know in a world of Enneagrams <laughs> where it's yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. this is what you are. Uh, and it, and we like things in nice, neat packages, but people tend to be messy. So I think there's often yeah. a lot of overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I think, that, yeah, I, I think I can be both. I, like I said, I can overthink. I think a lot of guys can be that way, the mm-hmm. overanalyzing. Um, I just, a lot of guys my age with my experience, I feel like can be that way. Um, and then in, in church, I feel like I'm not 
a, I'm not looking for a feeling experience every time sort of thing, but I definitely think I'm an emotional person. <laughs> like as a person, I'm emotional, but like I, I've actually tried to get better at preaching that way because I feel like I never preached emotionally. If that makes any sense, like I always preached a little more like heady or teachy and less emotion. And, and um, I do want to say the last sermon I preached that, that was not fake emotion, by the way. That's very <laughs> real. But so just whatever. But um, yeah, so I think there can be overlap, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my point. It's like yeah. I think sometimes I find myself here, but then I find myself here. And you, you can overlap. And, and sometimes we think people who are intellectual are not emotional. But maybe they just don't show emotions. That doesn't mean they're not emotional. Yes. That doesn't mean they don't feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and and maybe I don't know. I I think there's I think there's it's not. I think a dynamic range of one end you're all brain, one end emotion, and I think most of us are not purely one side or the other. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's coming s- to to worship God with both of those things. If you find yourself right. You are drawn by the emotional experience and God moving that way. Again, we're not, we're not uh, downplaying that. But so you find yourself, wow, that's great. Again, loving God with your mind and challenging yourself intellectually or like whatever that looks like, serving God, you know, beyond a Sunday service and an altar call or something, moving beyond the experience may be important for you. But if you find yourself, you, you know, you find those it, it's ambiguous i think that's how i feel it's like it, it well what is it it's vague like mm-hmm. crying is it happy is it sad is it i don't know and so you you <laughs> feel like you want to shy away it's easier to put it in in uh categories, categories. well you know this is what we know about god and the trinity and and, and you like to think that way because it i feel like it's almost like a safer zone mm-hmm. that's fine that's wonderful but so maybe you can expand and just allow god to work in your emotions and that's all right if you can't put it in a strict category right away that's all right you know yeah because oh sorry um it's my phone to meet george jetson but um because is god not both intellectual and emotional yeah wow well yeah you know you just saying that made so much sense yeah absolutely i mean god is probably the smartest person i know the fact (laughs) that he could you know like the human body we were just talking about the human body and some of the things that medicine can do because uh, uh, my, my father-in-law does, um, dialysis and the fact that they can like Mimic take the, the kidneys function, take the blood out of his body, clean it and put it back in, That's you insane. know, is like, like incredible, you know? Yeah. So it's like a fraction of the understanding of like what God thought of and right. created. That's God's general revelation. That's not <laughs> even getting specific. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, With what he's done, you know? So God is definitely the most incredibly intelligent, but he's also incredibly creative and uh, creative people tend to be feelers too and it talks about god's god often talks about his feelings you know what i mean with with being angry or 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 taking joy you know and um so he's both of those you know if we're made in his image then it's reasonable to say that my emotions though sometimes can you know be intense yeah emotions thoughts intelligence intellectual are all things that reflect the god who created us yeah and that's why jesus's words right to the greatest commandment is to love the lord your god with your all of your heart soul mind and strength and so we may find ourselves leaning towards one or two so in one sense that's great like totally pursue that if you find yourself more with your mind or 
or whatever. But then also realize the ones that maybe you could learn to love God more in that area. Again, maybe it is intellectually with your mind. Or I love, I read a, a book called Primal that Mark Patterson, he really talked about that. So loving God with your strength, serving God physically. You're going you're gonna to serve at a soup kitchen. You're going to serve at your church. You're going to help build a house on a missions trip. And that for you is worship to God. Like oh, It is for any of us, but I'm saying like some of us are built like that's what I live mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Some of us who, who don't do that as much, maybe we need to learn to love God with our strength, not just with our heart maybe. Right. You know? and, and it's important like this is where like humility comes in and understanding that the way that God created me is not the way he should have created everybody. Yeah. So maybe, maybe for... I don't know. I don't know where my strengths lie, but because I'm kind of mushy about intellectual and feeling too, like yeah. crossing over. But maybe somebody who's much more intellectual may think, well, you know, you got to think about God more. Meanwhile, the person who's <clears throat> more emotional may be thinking, well, the true followers feel more. Yeah. But but those aren't nece- It's not necessarily like a up and down scale. It's maybe just more of a side to side continuum. Yeah. Of where you fall, but that doesn't mean that where you fall on that continuum is the only right place on that continuum. Yeah. Which is sometimes hard when you when you tend to think more than feel or you tend to feel more than think. You may think the other one's missing it. Yeah. But but it's not. It's it's how God has created us uniquely and both of those things are valid and necessary and reflect God. And and what what does Jesus say, right? The true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth so spirit is not a secret code word for emotional by the way but it's spirit so whatever that entails you know with Mm -hmm. with all of our being with our soul with our heart and in truth like not in error in in correctness which involves like thinking about what you're doing and thinking about what's right engaging your brain you know that God gave you you know so yeah that kind of can can help lead yourself in worship some examples yeah so i think the first thing is music is only one aspect of worship mm-hmm. so um and i will play my guitar like sometimes i'm in my office playing my guitar and singing songs sometimes it's prep for wednesday night and sometimes it's it's not you know uh listening to worship songs at home sometimes when i'm mowing the lawn <laughs> you know um driving i think those are aspects but also i think part of my way of worshiping god is trying to keep him in like throughout the day in the forefront of my thoughts yeah uh and i and i am calling that worship because i feel like part of worship and i'm by no means saying i'm good at this but part of worship is like taking the focus off of me and putting it more on god yeah and <laughs> i like I like the focus on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so part of part of what I try to do is and and, and I guess it's be along what he's talking about being aware of God's presence or whatever, but even more like trying to trying to keep God at the forefront of my thoughts and not just as an afterthought of what I should or shouldn't have done for the day. Um so that like sometimes we talk about doing devotions in the morning. And we feel like, okay, I accomplished my devotions. Now I'm good to go for the day. Yes. Yeah. And then we like have an encouraging thought or whatever, but it's kind of like 
then we forget about God for the rest of the day because we did our devotions. Yeah, yeah. And I guess for myself, my aspect of worship is I don't want to do that. I want to be aware of him throughout the day and be aware of um, am I pleasing to him or not? Not just after the fact, but like in the moment. I don't know how how else to say other than um, I think part of leading myself in worship is is being conscious of God and not just leaving him as an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, I'm reading a book called What If Jesus Was Serious About Prayer. It's uh, really interesting. I'd recommend it. I'm not that far in. But what's cool is, like, the chapters are, like, it's like a page, and it's like a thought, and he has, based off of Scripture, and then he has a couple Scriptures, so I'm kind of using it as, like, a devotional, really. Um, but he's got all these doodles, and I'm visual as it is, so like it's kind of cool to see it represented. But one of them, actually, is the one I read today. Um, but I read it in the preview, and I was like looking around. But basically, when it comes to prayer, and because it, it spills over with what you were saying, like a lot of times we have like these distracting thoughts, and we're waiting for the thoughts to go away before I can pray. And the visualizations, like the prayers, are in your head, but there's like a barrier distraction. And, like, you want to send them up, but you can't. So, like, instead what you do is you turn them into prayers, those distractions. You'll, you'll never pray if you're waiting for a distraction. So you, fu- you see the distraction surrounded by a prayer, and now they're being sent up. And it was a really cool visual. And I also think there's a scripture that says that take every thought captive. But anyway, so, like, even with what you were saying with, like, that being an act of worship, of talking with God, communing with God, um, you have your morning devotionals where, where, or whatever, whenever it is that you have that time set aside to talk with God and commune with God. But yeah, it's a conversation all day. Um, and I've been thinking of the same thing as well that I didn't just, oh, I got to pray about it later. Like I've had in my mind for so long, but prayer is, yeah, it's in a closet. It's, I, I think what I think a lot of times what we think of prayer is like kind of like intercession like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you take devoted time and you're praying about something or a situation or a person, which we need to do. So I'm not suggesting we need to stop doing that or something. Mm-hmm. But like that prayer moves out of that space too. It's, it doesn't just stay in that place. Right. Like throughout the day, you can be communicating with God and it doesn't... Like when we were doing Bible camp, one of the things Stephanie said to the kids when it was time to pray is, you don't have to close your eyes to pray. Yeah. Yeah. We do that to eliminate distractions, but you don't have to do that. You can just talk to God um, while you're walking down the street. You can talk to God whenever. It doesn't have to be like this moment event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so. But it, it, it is important to have, you need yes, to have, to have those. Though. Right, right. Because it's, it's true. It's like every act can be can be turned into worship. So it's right. like, oh, great. So when and I sometimes work and we when use I that eat, as, it's right. worship. And, and then that, sometimes like, we use that as an excuse to not yeah. really do the hard work yes. of setting time aside for prayer or for thinking about God yeah. or, or devotion. So like you could text your spouse all day, but if you never actually sat down and talked to them at the end of the right. day and you just did that your whole life, you'd have a pretty miserable marriage right again you wouldn't wouldn't get divorced but necessarily but it may not be close yeah and so that's what's cool about prayer and worship i was going to say yeah like um similar to what you were saying but if i'm going to add something too i mean like you know listening to worship music is uh important i think that's great to do and like pastor jeff said is to sing even along with it sing in your car 
you may feel a little funny if you never did that before, but it's really it's really great when you can actually move past that and and, and the people driving God. past seeing you singing, you're never gonna see them again. So who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. And uh, a couple They're singing times in their car. <laughs> I'll occasionally do this, um, but this is what I say. But I, I overanalyze because then I'm like, well, I did it last week. Am I gonna do it this week? Do I really love God? <laughs> it's like, all right, just stop, just stop. Sometimes I will take my cajon, the drum box, and I'll play worship music and I'll I kind of sing I don't I, I don't can't really sing and play at the same time that much but like it's like legitimate like I'm worshiping God it's just like even though I'm not like uh, singing every line I'm like playing for God and I'm like this must be what David felt like you know and I'm like it's cool so I don't do it all the time but and th- and there was a phase when uh I was kind of like when the kids were little or whatever and so uh, what am I point? My point is, <laughs> there was a phase in my life when I had time by myself. Is what I'm trying to say, where I would take out the guitar and I would play, and I would read a psalm, and I would, I would sing the psalm, and it wasn't good. Like I know it wasn't good. Yeah. Like I was just making it up and riffing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know it wasn't good. But there was an aspect to that that was like, it was like a different kind of worship for me that engaged me in a different way yeah wow you know and um i would never do that in front of somebody never yeah uh just because again i mean it just wasn't it wasn't quality work (laughs) i'm not a songwriter but it was this aspect of like almost like i was just like laying aside whatever before god and 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 being free in a way that I'm not normally, you know? So I think there's phases. Like when you're talking about playing the, uh, the cajon or whatever, I think there's, there's like phases where sometimes worship and leading ourselves in worship may look different in different phases of our yeah, lives, depending yeah. upon how we're connecting to God in that moment and how we're growing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that rawness and authenticity, I think that's, that's what's, what you want to have and i think it's special when you can get there so that means you can do it maybe in the car or with a guitar and a cajon or or reading the psalms trying to sing the psalms by yourself or writing out poetry yeah you know that's a great idea anything that like there's a vulnerability so you feel slightly uncomfortable but then like you realize it's like a rawness in we get to worship corporately on sundays we do that together we have structure we're led by a team Mm -hmm. that really helps us but so then in those times by ourself, in these different ways that we're talking about, you have that vulnerability with God. It's, like, beautiful. And I think yeah. you'll find yourself coming, thinking of God's presence more, which is what Pastor Jeff was getting at with that right. point. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, like you're not doing it for other people. So, And I think God's judgment of what sounds good to him or what is that pleasing aroma to him is very different than what we would say it is sometimes. So I think, like you're talking about, the authenticity, the freedom to just pour out maybe something you would never do in front of people. And I'm not talking about being weird, but I'm just talking about, like, not feeling inhibited either, you know. Yeah. Um, because here he knows that you got that stuff in your heart anyway, so, like, let it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I hope that's been helpful for you if you uh, came and were listening with us today on the Monday Morning Recap. Pastor Todd, thanks for being here. Yeah, happy to be here. And so uh, we will see you next time on the Monday Morning Recap. This has been Pastor Matt. Pastor Todd. See you next time. Later.